Hi guys, welcome to Talk Time with Jess and Lil. I'm Jess. And I'm Lil. And today we're going to actually be talking about a topic that somebody asked us to talk about. Last week we had um, said if you have any ideas or any topics you'd like us to speak on or talk through or think through that we'd love to hear from you. And we actually did get a couple people, so we were excited. Um, So today we're going to be talking about a big tough one. We're going to be talking about temptation. So temptation is something that we want to do that does not lead to the result we want to achieve but appears to. So in church, oftentimes we're taught about sexual temptation or lust, and that's a really common one because we want to have that intimacy with somebody, but instead of going about it the right way or the way that God has set out for us, we try to have that intimacy by our own accord. And it's not really fair to just talk about lust and sexual temptation. I feel like it's important for us to talk about it, but also talk about different ones that we struggle with just personally and that you guys might struggle with or think through. Yeah, because I think, like, obviously lust is, like, a big one. Um, But all sin, like, they're all bad. Um, And temptation isn't bad. Like, Jesus was tempted, too. But the bad part comes when we fall into that temptation where we actually sin. So we all get different temptations, and that just shows how unique we are. Like, we're all different. Some people struggle with pornography. For other people, that's just not a problem. Some people struggle with drinking. For other people, that's not where their sin comes from. So I think it's important for us to be able to um, look at temptation in general, but also to be able to speak of specific temptations that we deal with. Yeah, and going off of how we know that sin is wrong and we know what's right and wrong. It sounds really simple. It sounds like a dichotomy, like sin is bad, not sinning is good. But even Paul went through something that we go through. In Romans seven fifteen through 19, he says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do. But what I hate, I do. And if I do what I don't want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I don't want to do, this I keep doing. I think that is just the most human anyone has ever been in the Bible. Like, look at all that wording that is like super human wording I do not do but I do what I don't want to do it's just like but that's us like we we know what's right and wrong we know what the law is we know that we're not supposed to sin but the thing is that like knowing what we're supposed to do or not doesn't give us the power to do it you know like we know we're not supposed to lie But knowing we're not supposed to lie doesn't give us the power not to lie. It just gives us that standard or whatever. So our power needs to come from somewhere. I think a lot of times with certain temptations, we rely on willpower. I think that's a big one for lust is like, oh, you know what? Like, it's okay. I just like won't let it go any further or I just won't go on that website anymore or whatever. Like, I can do it. I have the willpower. I just won't do it. Yeah. But the thing is that with willpower, we have this, like, fantasy result. So, for example, let's say that I have this goal of being fit, where I want to be healthier, and I want to have more energy, and I want to look better, and let's say that 
the first time I have this temptation of eating cake, I don't fall into it. I use my willpower. I was like, no, I'm going to be fit. I'm not going to eat this cake. And then I wake up the next day and I don't have more energy. I don't look any better. I don't feel any better. And so I'm here like, wow, I didn't eat that cake, but I also didn't achieve the goal that I wanted. Next time I'm just going to eat cake. So like our goals sometimes isn't the same as what we thought it was going to be. So then the next time we fall into that temptation, we're like, oh, I'll just do it this time. Because obviously not falling into temptation doesn't have the effects that I wanted it to have. It didn't make a difference anyways or whatever. Right. And I think that's where like the willpower, it doesn't work because our will, our desire was that we did want to eat that cake. So we're going to do it. We're going to do whatever we want because even though the willpower is supposed to be helping us not do it, we want to do that. So we're going to end up falling into that. And that's why when Jesus was tempted, he didn't go based off his willpower. He was fully human. How Jesus didn't fall into temptation was using the power of the spirit. Yeah. And speaking of Jesus's temptation, I think it's so interesting what tactics that Satan used to tempt Jesus. And I highly encourage you guys to just go through it and read it and just really do your research on the temptation of Jesus. Um, because it does have a lot of things that we can apply to our own lives, especially as I was looking at my own life and the things that I'm tempted with, I found that a big one for me was the temptation of thoughts, the thoughts that I have in my head. And oftentimes our thoughts lead to emotional temptations. And Satan's really smart and he used this with Jesus. So I believe the first temptation of Jesus, Satan said, hey, why don't you turn this rock into bread? And Satan was very clever with the words he used. He said, if you're the son of God, why don't you? And oftentimes that's the same way he tempts us. He says to us something along the lines of, if you're a child of God, why is he letting you go through the super tough, super hard situation? If you're really called, why do you not feel like you're walking in your purpose? And Satan doesn't use new things he doesn't have new ways of tempting us. He just uses what's worked in the past. It worked with Adam and Eve. Hey, if God really loved you, why didn't he want you to eat the tree? Mm -hmm. And so we just have to become aware of the way that Satan tempts us. And we just need to know how to rebuttal that just like Jesus did. And Jesus was really good about using scripture to disarm the devil. And yeah. that's something we have to do. We have to know the scriptures in order to prove him wrong. It's like a debate. You're trying to win and so is he, but he's trying to win your soul and you're just trying to not fall into something at that moment. Yeah, and Satan is really good at whispering stuff to us and he knows us enough to know what is going to be attractive to us. And that's how we have to know what Jesus has already said about us. Like you had just um, showed this song to me called Mistakes and the bridge of the song is saying, I won't waste another day believing words you didn't say. And that's exactly what it is. Like, I think a lot of us, like, we struggle with these words that are in our head that Jesus never said to us. Like, that was not from God. Like, these are thoughts that we're having that is just going to lead us into worse things if we start acting on them. Yeah, for sure. So one of the temptations I've been dealing with lately is the temptation of pride. And the biggest thing is that I didn't know I was being tempted with pride. I didn't know that that was like a sin that I had in my life. And I think that's what pride does. It really creeps up on you and it doesn't make itself aware. Like if you have 
um, a struggle with drugs or something, you know, it's pretty evident that it's there in your life affecting you. But pride is something that is very sneaky and we don't really notice it until something calls us out on it. But the pride doesn't even acknowledge that. We kind of blame everybody else for it. So one of the ways that I'm tempted with pride is when I have thoughts of like, oh, I would have done that better. Like someone, if someone asked someone to do something and I'm like, wow, why didn't they ask me? I would have done a better job at that. And the thing is that it's not that I think I'm amazing at anything, but when I'm comparing myself to somebody else, I can think that I'm better than them at at least that specific thing, you know? I didn't really think this was like a problem. I just thought like, oh, like we each have gifts. Like I'm just better at you than this. But that sounds horrible out loud. But I was reading the Bible the other day and I was reading Luke and it was talking about how Jesus was telling us about our duty as Christians. And it was saying how like, who are we to like demand something from God or like be expecting like a thank you from Jesus? Like we're just doing our duty. And one of the things that the commentary was saying is that We only think we are better than others when we look to man, not to Jesus. And that really opened my eyes because if we are looking to Jesus, we are never going to think like any prideful thoughts about us because when we compare ourselves to Jesus, we're like, oh my gosh, I am so not worthy. Like one of the things we can come to God with is like, look, God, I gave my money to the church. Are you happy? You should say thank you. Well, first of all, that was like a command of God anyways to be generous And he gave us that money. So it's like, I'm telling Leticia, hey, here's $5. Can you give that to that homeless person? And you're here like, I gave your money to the homeless person. Are you happy? Like, (laughs) I asked you to do that with my money. You know, you did really nothing in that situation. So when we're comparing ourselves to man, we can get that sense of, oh, I'm better than you, which is that judgment. But when we compare ourselves to God, we physically can't feel in that place, you know? Right. And so... That's something I've been trying to work on is instead of comparing myself to man, compare myself to God so that I can be humbled into my place. And that's the second thing is that I don't want to be wrong. I've said like all my life, like, oh, I don't care about being right. I don't care about being right. And that's true. But I've noticed lately that I don't care about being right, but I really, really care about not being wrong. And that kind of sounds like the same thing, but it's not like being wrong is just so humiliating. Yeah. Being right is just like, yay. But being wrong is like, oh my gosh, I was wrong. Like, And the thing is that the circumstance is there, but our reaction is what allows us to be humiliated or not. I was reading this Instagram post by Sadie Robertson, and she was saying that humility and humiliation are words that are so similar, but they create completely different outcomes in our life. If there is a situation where I was wrong. I can walk out of that thinking, wow, that was so humiliating. Like, oh my gosh, my life is over. I can never talk to that person again or whatever. But if we walk out of that situation, that same thing with humility, we can leave that thinking, wow, thankfully God showed that to me and now he can use that for his glory. And it's the same exact thing. All that changed was our mindset to it. So that's something that I've really been struggling with and trying to implement in my own life is being humble instead of humiliated. Yeah, that's so good because now that you mentioned that, I hadn't really thought about it, but over the last week or so, God has been putting situations in my life where I've had to put myself in the other person's shoes or like look at somebody's perspective instead of my own. And that is humbling. Just having to 
realize, hey, like, I'm not right. They're right. And I have to tell them that they're right. But when we realize that we are wrong, it's such a beautiful opportunity to serve that person and to really just be like, hey, this sucks. Me telling you that I'm wrong sucks. But that's the the pride and is feeling like it's such a burden to be wrong. But the plus side of being wrong is that you get to share with that person that they had a point. They were correct, you know, and that really does, like you said, humble you. But it also is a serving opportunity. One of my friends just said this in the last week that to be a leader, you also have to put yourself in a position of a follower. And I hadn't thought about that until you said this. So thank you for sharing that. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say that. So that was that was really good. Yeah. And so um, one thing that really opened my eyes to like how like prideful I have been was this post that I saw on Instagram from Church of the City, New York. And it was just a list of how pride creeps into your life. So I just wanted to share some of them to see um, if you guys check any of these boxes and maybe just pray and see like, hey, God, like, I didn't know that I struggled with this, but I think that that really applies to my life. So here's just a couple. Pride could be creeping into your life if you are waiting to turn the conversation to highlight something you have done. If you try to serve God without prayer. If you think pride's really not a problem for you. If hearing about another person's problem makes you feel better about yourself. If you're waiting for someone to finish a story to hear your name be included in it. If you're being stubborn. If you're not a good listener. If you're being competitive and easily threatened. If you're being reluctant to learn because you're confident in what you already know. If you're finding it hard to rejoice in the success of others. And the list goes on. There's a bunch of them on there. But those are just a couple of things that we might not see it as pride. We might think of it as almost as a character trait. Like, oh, I'm competitive. Like, that's just who I am. But, like, that might be a pride thing. Or, like, oh, I'm just not a good listener. But, like, that might be because you're caring too much about having your voice heard, you know? And you're not wanting to listen to other people. So um, pride is something that really does creep into your life. And until we can notice that it's a temptation, we can't stop falling into it. So how do we deal with pride? How do we not fall into this temptation? And I think the main thing is like realizing that our flesh is the one causing the issues. So we can't rely on our own thoughts, but instead we need to rely on God's words and what he's said of us. Because if we're relying on our flesh, it's always going to let us down. In that verse we read in the beginning, Paul said, nothing good in my flesh dwells. So if we don't have Jesus, then the only way to fight against ourselves is to fight with our sin nature, which is not going to accomplish anything. So what we should be doing, what I'm really trying to do is ask the spirit for help. When Jesus was here and he was ascending, he said in John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus left and gave us something even better, which is so hard to think of anything better than Jesus, but he gave us the Holy Spirit. And when we accept Jesus, that Holy Spirit lives inside of us and it's just there like waiting and ready to help us. You know, we're not in this alone. God doesn't just give us these tests and just expect us to try it out and see what happens and fall. He wants to help us and we have that helper in us. I think we just need to ask sometimes. And that's where pride comes in. We don't want help. We don't want to be seen as less than or in need of something. 
Yeah, and going back to what you were talking about, how competition is pride. If you know me, you know how much I like to play games. You know how competitive <laughs> I am. As I heard you saying that, it was the perfect way to go to my personal temptation. That's the temptation of approval. Like, nobody competes to compete. People compete to win because you want that approval. And that's just a temptation that I've been struggling with lately is just the idea of getting people's approval by making them happy or by doing stuff that people approve of and that I find assurance in. And I know for a lot of people that success is one of those things. You want to be successful and you want to achieve that goal or to reach that position or to have that job because you know that people are going to look at you and be like, wow, like, look at them. Look at them winning at life, Mm -hmm. you know? Or you want to prove people wrong from the past that are like, you're never going to make it. You're never going to be anything. And then you make and you're like, see, like I told (laughs) you, exactly. You should have listened to me back then. And that's all stemming from that need and that temptation of having approval. And that's looking for approval and assurance and in a source that's never going to fulfill you. We already have all the approval we could possibly ever have in the creator of the world. And here we are still going to people, still looking to society for approval of the things that we are achieving or we are chasing after. And Mm -hmm. that's been just, for me, what I've been realizing that I do do that. I do want to gain people's approval and have people's assurance by either doing something for them or saying yes to things and you know yeah and it comes off as like because I struggle with that too it comes off as like oh she's just like really nice and like sometimes yeah that is what it is but sometimes it's not Mm -hmm. sometimes it's like you know what I'm doing this because like I want them to say like good job it's like that compliment is sort of the stamp of approval like I did it you know Mm -hmm. like gold star for you Lachisa exactly (laughs) and it's so crazy because the bible so clearly says this it says Do not look for the approval of man, but look to the approval of God. And here we are, looking for the approval of man. Constantly. (laughs) It's like, ah, I didn't know that was a temptation. God's going to be like, well, but I told you to not look to the approval of man, but to look to my approval. So it's just crazy. But what I've been learning practically is that when I'm aware that that's what I'm doing and the reason behind what I'm doing, I go into that knowing that that is my intent. So... I've been trying to really evaluate the reason behind why I do things, why I go after things, what it is that I'm trying to achieve, and see that it is for me to gain the approval of God and not the approval of man. And that's really humbling because just like you said, we can't have any more approval from God. He already assured us through the death of Jesus. And that's just something I've been having to really pray about and really ask the Spirit to just whisper to me and tell me. I already have that stamp of approval. My name's already written in that book of life, you know? And that takes away the attention from me and really places that spotlight on God and His grace and just how good He is. Yeah, God looks at us and He sees Jesus. How much more of an approval do we want, you know? Like, how much better can it get? Yeah, it's just so crazy. So, yeah, these were just three temptations that we personally deal with. And we know that, like... Not everyone is going to deal with the same things and people can look at our temptations and not understand them just as we look at other temptations and don't understand those. But they're all real and they're all valid. You know, we're not trying to diminish anyone's struggles. 
And in trying not to fall into temptation, the main thing is that discipline. Once we see the problem and once we say that, okay, I'm not, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to, um, I want to obey and like do the right thing. Great. So where is that power coming from? We can't rely on ourselves. We need to go to Jesus. I mean, you can try to do it on your own and if you figure it out, let me know. But I, I, in my own life, I've seen when I try to do it without Jesus and it doesn't work. If you're here trying to overcome your temptation and you just see like, wow, every time I fall or like I don't fall once and then the next time, like I can't keep it going. It's because you're trying to do it on your own. You're not surrounding yourself with those people that are going to help keep you accountable. You're not coming to God or asking the Holy Spirit for that help and that power because if it's just coming from you, you're sinful and your sin nature is really, really strong. Clearly, we all know that. We've all fallen into sin. So we just need to drop our pride and ask God for help. Yeah, and that's a concept that not only applies to Christianity. When somebody has an alcohol addiction, the first step in AA is for them to admit that they are an alcoholic. And why is it that people who struggle with alcohol need to admit that they're alcoholics, but we can't seem to step up and say, I'm a sinner? And God is so grateful that by us acknowledging and us owning up to where we struggle, and by being specific, like, hey God, I struggle in this, this, and that, He can meet you in this, this, and that. It really does demonstrate God's grace and how he wants to complete a work in us. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for the person who sent in this topic for us to talk about because it's not really a topic that Jessica and I had thought about tackling or taking on because it's a difficult topic. But by us really being introspective and seeing where we are at, we learned a lot about our personal temptations. Hopefully this week you can think about where it is that you're being tempted in what areas and how the Holy Spirit can help you get through that. Yeah. We also want to let you guys know that we're praying for you and that the Holy Spirit can be with you as you are overcoming the different temptations in your life. If you guys need prayer on anything specific or have any prayer requests, you guys can reach out. Yeah, we are on Instagram at talktime.pod. So if you have any suggestions on the next topic you want us to talk about or prayer requests, just DM us and we'd be more than happy to do that. Yep. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.